This is the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Here's the Globe's Editor-in-Chief, David Wildstein. Everybody, hope you're safe, staying dry. It's the middle of July, and anybody who tells you that campaigns take a hiatus in the summer, well, they don't They don't know New Jersey. When it comes to politics, we are the state that never sleeps. This week, State Senator Tom Kane Jr. formally announced he'd run for Congress, setting up a rematch with Democrat Tom Malinowski after a close race in 2020. It finished with Malinowski beating Kane by one percentage point in an election that took officials two weeks to count the ballots. Kane has already picked up the endorsement from the minority leader of the U.S. House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy. Republicans need five seats in the 2022 midterm elections to win control of the House. And the road to McCarthy replacing Nancy Pelosi as Speaker might very well be paved through Tom Kane in New Jersey. Uh, Leader McCarthy and Kane will join me on the New Jersey Globe Power Hour right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC at 4.15 to talk about the upcoming campaigns. Please don't go away. You're not going to want to miss this. And at 4.37, I'll be joined by Congressman Josh Gottheimer. He's a Democrat from Bergen County. Gottheimer is the human fundraising machine. He's got $10 million in the bank while he's preparing for a, a four-term uh, re-election, a fourth-term re-election uh, in a district that Republicans held for 36 years until until he beat an incumbent congressman in 2016. Gottheimer's also New Jersey's first eight-digit man. That means he's the first candidate in state history to hit the $10 million mark. He's also the co-chairman of the House Problem Solvers Caucus. So I'm going to ask him about Joe Biden's infrastructure bill and about the restoration of this state and local tax deduction. That's something known as SALT. So you're not going to want to miss anything that he has to say. This is David Wildstein. You are listening to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. The biggest story of the week in New Jersey, without a doubt, is a meeting of the Bipartisan Congressional Redistricting Commission where, for the first time in 30 years, they weren't able to agree on a tiebreaker. That's the person who will cast the deciding vote to draw the new congressional district maps for the next five federal elections. And and if you think the race for control of Congress is important, then you're going to want to know who the identity is of the most powerful person in the room when New Jersey goes through redistricting. Six Democrats voted for John Wallace. He's a former state Supreme Court justice. Six Republicans voted for former Superior Court Judge Marina Korodimus, and she's a nationally recognized leader in alternative dispute resolution. They're both personally solid people. And in New Jersey, a stalemate for tiebreaker is settled by a vote of the state Supreme Court. That puts the justices in a box they don't want to be in. They have to now choose between the Democrat or the Republican. So so make no mistake, folks, this is an election. You have a Democratic candidate. You have a Republican candidate. You can only have one winner. So the seven justices will vote. That is an election. And I don't think the judiciary is especially happy that they're being forced to make this decision. The, the justices are going to have to show their hand in a partisan vote, and they don't like to do that. And this election will be settled by 
August 10th, and it's a big deal, and it will give us some clarity on how many competitive congressional races will be fought in New Jersey. Uh, both sides want to gerrymander the map, and, and it'll be up to the tiebreaker to decide just how much gerrymandering takes place. This is David Wildstone I'm talking about congressional redistricting on the New Jersey Globe Power Hour. Personally, I think Republicans might quickly take a deal that gives them one more seat, going from 10 Democrats and two Republicans to 9-3. And if you consider the big picture across the country, I remind you the Democratic majority is just five seats. And, and a big consideration here is the cost of running congressional campaigns in New Jersey. It is hugely expensive. You take a district like the one Andy Kim holds in Ocean and Burlington County, half that half the voters are in the New York television market and the other half are in Philadelphia. So you so you, to have all of the voters in Kim's district watch network television ads, you'll have to reach all the people that that come outside your your electorate, people in Westchester, people in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And it costs political parties significantly less money to run races in places like Montana or Nebraska or New Hampshire. And and a seat is a seat when it comes to counting votes and which party controls Congress. But when it comes to the cost of winning one of those seats, it's it's apples and oranges. And, And New Jersey is a is a blue state. It may be one of the the most Democratic in the nation. It started out this map. It was six Democrats, six Republicans, and the Democrats have has have whittled this away. So so we have a lot to watch, and and all of us will watch this election on who the Supreme Court picks as a tiebreaker with with much suspense as we look at which party might control the House next year. Uh, next up, I'm going to speak with the minority leader of the U.S. House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy, and with Tom King Jr., Republican state senator running for Congress in an immensely competitive race. And later, at 437, I'll talk with about infrastructure and property tax deductions with Democratic Congressman Josh Gottheimer. So please stay where you are. You're not going to want to miss this. This is David Wildstein, and you're listening to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. The following is a paid program. The views expressed by the following program are those of the sponsor and not necessarily those of 77 WABC and Red Apple Media. I always value books and films and good TV, but now during a pandemic, I appreciate them. I need them more than ever. That's why I read Book and Film Globe. Bookandfilmglobe.com is the smartest, sharpest commentary about what's good and what's um, not good in the worlds of books, movies, and quality TV. This isn't celebrity gossip, and it's not for woke 22-year-olds. It's just smart, clear writing about the best new things to watch and read. Interviews with directors, concise reviews of hot new books, actors describing classic scenes. It's all on bookandfilmglobe.com. And there are three Rotten Tomatoes certified reviewers, so you know you're getting good advice. Check out Book and Film Globe. That's bookandfilmglobe.com. The pandemic of 2020 felt like a dark tunnel. And while 2020 is over, the impact is not. I'm New Jersey's former governor, Richard Cody. The pandemic affected our physical and mental health. My wife, Mary Jo, and I started the Cody Fund for Mental Health to Change Lives. 
Mental health issues can impact any family, including ours. That's why we want everyone to know about NJ211. NJ211 is an information and referral service connecting anyone in crisis to the help they need. It's for everyone, veterans, seniors, even children. I'm living proof there's light at the end of the tunnel. And it's not a train, it's help. It's NJ211. Remember, it's okay not to feel okay. If you need help, go to nj211.org or dial 211. It's the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome back. It's David Wildstein. I'm the editor of the New Jersey Globe. I'm joined today by the minority leader of the U.S. House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy, and by Tom Kane Jr., the Senate minority leader in New Jersey, and as of uh, this week, a candidate for Congress in New Jersey's 7th District. Mr. Leaders, welcome. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. No, I appreciate it. So, so Ms. Leader McCarthy, we're, we're still 10 months away from the 22 Republican primary. Is it is it too early to pick your candidate before you know what the 7th District is going to look like after redistricting? In most places, people would say yes, but when you get somebody of the quality of a Tom Kane, that answer is no. I mean, uh, when I see what has been happening in Washington, you want somebody that has leadership, someone that can – bridge the gap, work with both sides, and somebody that can find solutions. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that Tom Kane's the person, and that's why there's no reason to sit back and wait. Um, the people need to have somebody who's honest, who's held accountable. When you see what Malinowski has done, lying to the voters, trading mil- million dollars worth of stock and hiding from them, and just betting against the country and saying he's one way and voting 100% with Nancy Pelosi, you can't sit back and wait around. We need to save this country, and Tom Kane's one of the very best people that can do it. And is is the 7th District the top priority for congressional Republicans in New Jersey? Is, is, that, where, uh, is that where most of the emphasis is going to go? Look, we're, we're going to look at all opportunities. I know what people would sit back and think, oh, New Jersey, they haven't voted for a Republican in president since 1988. Do you know the very best state in the last election cycle for us was California, who hadn't voted for a Republican since 1988. Republicans picked up four more seats. Um, President Trump lost California by five million votes. He lost all four of those seats, three of them by double digits. What people really want to see is someone that's going to make their streets safe and secure. They're tired of this defunding of the police. We're watching Democrats control all. Now we're having inflation like we haven't had in decades. We've got gas prices, the highest they've been since the last time Joe Biden was president. People are hungry, and that's why I believe any place across the country there's an opportunity, even places they don't think. But I think New Jersey is going to have a number of seats up to play on that could be really a deciding factor on whether the majority switches in Congress. And I'm speaking with the minority leader of the House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy, and with New Jersey congressional candidate Tom Kane. Senator Kane, your your opponent, Congressman Malinowski, he's, he's had a rough year. Uh, his late disclosures, as, as Mr. McCarthy mentioned, hundreds of stock trades. It, it's led to two complaints filed with the House Ethics Committee. How how big an issue is that going to be for you in this campaign? Well, the most important thing you can that any candidate, any public officer holder can be is transparent and honest with his constituents. 
And the fact is that Tom Olnowski hid his intentionally hid his stock trades. He didn't obey the Stock Act. There are now two or three ethics complaints against him because of his continued pattern and activity. And it resonates with the voters because people need to know that when we're focused in whether it was in Trenton or the course of last year, the course of the pandemic or people down in Washington, D.C., they should always be focused on their constituents' interests, not their own personal interests. That's what I've done throughout the course of my entire legislative career. And that's the type of prioritization for my constituents I will pursue down in Washington, D.C. as a member of the House of Representatives. So should should members of Congress put their assets in blind trust? Should that just be something that's automatic or stop the trading of individual stocks? Listen, I think blind trust makes some sense, but I think the most important thing you have to remember here is Tom Olnowski violated the Stock Act repeatedly, not disclosing millions of dollars worth of trades in a timely fashion. Those are things that people want transparency and accountability and all level of government and anything we can do to make that a reality in the House of Representatives, it's a good thing. And David, uh, yes. this is Kevin. At the very least, it's not the question of whether you should go to blind trust. There are rules and there are laws. There is no question Malinowski broke and had a violation of the Stock Act. Not once. And think about the time when it was taking place during a pandemic. So when you needed your elected official most, when they needed to show that leadership, your kids are out of school, small businesses are collapsing, you don't know within your own health, what was he spending his time and effort on? Working on those issues or trying to make profit? And in making profit, what was he doing? There's times he was betting against places in New Jersey themselves, their own shopping malls. The question would rise, did he get any personal information as a member of Congress and trade off that? We don't know. That's a question for people to look at when it comes to the ethics. But what we do know is he violated the current law of what members of Congress should do. But what's even worse of all this, he spent his time and focus not on his district and during a pandemic when people needed him most, but he put himself first and he lied to the public about it. You're supposed to put it out. He lied during the last campaign. It was one of the closest races. And what we really want, not, not from a Republican or Democrat point of view, we want someone that will put people before politics and actually bridge that gap of bringing people together. I, I serve in Congress. Malinowski never works with the other side. Not only does he not work with them, he goes out of his way to make sure he only sticks with Nancy Pelosi. And let me let me read you, Mr. Leader, what what Congressman Malinowski said on Wednesday in, in, in advance of, of of Senator Kane's announcement, in advance of of your trip to the state. He said uh, he said that, that Kane is standing from day one with the man leading his party surrender to the and, and these are his words, right denying, election nullifying, vaccine disparaging, New Jersey shortchanging far right. What, what do you what do you say to his his criticism there? I show this is the biggest sign that he doesn't want to run on his own record. Um, look, at the reason why I'm here is because I want to make sure the next century is the American century. I'm tired of our streets not being safe. I'm tired of listening where Malinowski went along with the Democrats to defund the police. Now they want to defund the border. I watched the Democrats take the majority and Democrats only vote that brought us inflation like we haven't seen before. And that's a tax on every single American. I've watched time and again where they've gone against and, and Tom's been a leader on this and trying to make America energy independence. That means all the above. They have made our adversaries stronger. 
I mean, this is a real challenge. And why wouldn't he stand up if he was worried about because the race was so close and say, I'm going to run on my record. I did this, 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 and this, because he can't. He can't talk about what he has done to help New Jersey get better, but he can talk about that since he's been in Congress, he is wealthier. He is wealthier because he invested during a pandemic and spent his time focused on himself instead of focused on New Jersey when they needed him most. It is time that we get a better Tom in in Washington that will work with both sides, will be held accountable, and will make our kids back in school, back in health, back to work. And, and I'm speaking with Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader of the House of Representatives, and with Senator Tom Kane, candidate for Congress. Uh, Mr. Leader, I mean, and I, I'm, I'm surely I'm not I'm not taking sides by saying this, but I've, I've known Senator Kane for for most of his life. Uh, uh, and and he's never a sure thing for anybody. I, I, I want to make sure you you know what you're getting into that he Senator Kane's not going to be easy for a party leader to manage. Is that is, is, is that something you know about? Yes, that is. Look, we want somebody who represents their district. That is your job to be a member of Congress. She or he, it gets lent the power for two years. You go to Washington, you're their voice. That's not a place for you to find information to go trade your stocks for your own personal. And you know what? There's times Tom's going to vote against and there's times Tom's going to vote for. But what Tom's going to vote all the time is for New Jersey first. He is going to put people before politics, and that is refreshing. And I don't want somebody who agrees with me 100 percent of the time. You have that in Malinowski with Nancy Pelosi. I want someone who's going to agree with his district, she or he, 100 percent of the time. So, Senator Kane, one of the the things you've you've talked about for the last few years is is funding for gateway for a restoration of the uh, the salt deduction. Is is that something that you've you've? You've discussed with the minority leader. Is that something you're you're prepared to fight with a Republican caucus on if you if you get to Washington? Absolutely, I'd be a strong advocate for both of those priorities, and I've already talked to the leader about that with with great frequency about those priorities for New Jersey, as well as making sure that there's a tax policy that actually grows the New Jersey economy because we lost a third of small businesses in New Jersey over the course of the last year. So we need a strong economic program that, and it's going to make sure we grow the economy. Now, now restoring the salt deduction is extraordinarily important for New Jersey to make sure it's more affordable. And we've got to get that done for the full restoration. we also have to make sure that when it's the uh, gateway project, I mean, every second that somebody's commuting, they're spending time away from their family. And as a leader, not only making sure that we had the first ever Midtown Direct on the Raritan Valley line and making sure that we had the Gateway Development Corporation, real Port Authority structural reform, making sure that th- those type of infrastructure projects are a priority. And going down to Washington, D.C. and fa- finding allies, regardless of what party they are in, to say, how do we make sure that we make New Jersey more affordable? We make sure that we have um, far better infrastructure plans that, that help the commute and also help national security. Those are the priorities that we that a representative from from the seventh needs to focus on and get down to Washington D.C. And Tom Olinowski, by voting with Nancy Pelosi a hundred percent of the time in this cycle and ninety eight percent of the time last cycle, shows that he prioritizes her agenda or the people he is supposed to represent here in New Jersey. So this is a this is is a campaign it, it already as we as we saw what happened uh, on, on the day of your announcement uh, with Democrats saying Tom Kane is now part of the the 
the national Republican agenda uh, is are, are we talking too much about the role of surrogate senator? Is it is it too much about who you know who you may be friends with and who Tom Malinowski may be friends with, and, and maybe not as much about what you've done and what Congressman Malinowski's done? Well, I've talked a great deal about what what I've done already, and, and Tom Malinowski's statements just show um, how scared he is about this race. And I think the, what we have to continue to focus on is who's got the history of getting things done, the people of New Jersey, whether and reaching across the aisle or reaching across the river, trying to make sure across the aisle on, on Port Authority reform. I mean, we've got real important priorities on job creation. We've got to grow the economy. You've seen inflation and spikes in, in prices that you, like you've never seen in decades because of the Tom Olenowski's, uh attendance in the, in the House of Representatives. We've got to make sure we've got to protect the environment. We've got to make sure we've got a strong uh, infrastructure. We've got to make sure we've got great education. We've got to make sure we've got the right priorities down in Washington, D.C., because that has a direct day-to-day impact on the lives and livelihoods of generations of New Jersey families. And I'm speaking with Tom Kane, Jr., candidate for Congress, New Jersey Senate Minority Leader, and with Kevin McCarthy, the Minority Leader of the House of Representatives. Uh, Mr. McCarthy, did, you just you just heard Senator Kane talk about the need for gateway, the need for uh, restoring the the salt deduction. Is there is there any give uh, by House Republicans to to try and make that uh, happen for New Jersey? Look, Tom has talked to me about this for quite some time, and infrastructure should never be a partisan issue. I sat with the president of the Oval Office, literally told him that, and I said the first thing he asked me was how much money. Do you, can you spend? And I said, well, that's not the right question. The question should first be, what is the definition of infrastructure? Roads, bridges, highways, um, broadband. And then let's find out what the need. Then we can determine how much we're going to spend. But what we're finding in Washington today where we've got bipartisan groups trying to work together to bring an infrastructure bill together, which I would know for a fact just by Tom Kane's long history, he would be in the middle of that group, probably leading that group bringing the bill together with bipartisanship to make sure the roads get built uh, with the gateway being a high priority, making sure that's getting finished in his drill, instead of just making something partisan, what we heard earlier this week, that now Democrats want to go it alone. That's the wrong way. Washington is not designed where one side gets 100% of what they want. It's designed to find compromise. And what's best to find is people could be held accountable, people who will represent their district, and people who's not afraid to debate the issues and find that common ground to find a solution. So, so what about? I mean, we talked about infrastructure. What about the salt deduction? And, and, and you're aware, Mr. Leader, that that that's a that's a big issue in New Jersey, and it it would be you know whether it's just the seventh that's in play, or if if the third and the fifth and the eleventh are also in the mix. Uh, that's a big issue. Where 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 would where it's would, a big issue, and, and the, the one thing that would have to be, remember what Article 1, Section 7 of the Constitution says, all tax reform starts in the House. So that's where the debate would take place. Um, I, I see from a place that I don't want the idea that, okay, you're going to change salt, but you're going to raise taxes. Let's find a way that best puts the American household on a stronger foot, and I think you'd find Tom Kane to be one of the biggest voices to make sure New Jersey has that ability. If New Jersey's being hurt, that that voice would be heard, and it'd be heard first inside the House where the Constitution says it would be. I, I know he'd be much more effective than where Malinowski, because Malinowski apparently has been spending more time worried about his own 
finances and his own stock trades instead of worried about his constituents and how they're doing financially. So what what can we expect, Mr. Leader, on on that? There are two two ethics complaints that have been filed against Congressman Malinowski. Uh, will uh, will the ethics committee take this up? Well, the ethics committee will take it up. I mean, it's pretty clear that he violated the Stock Act, not once but twice. And this isn't about a few thousand dollars. We're talking more than a million dollars here. And when you talk about when it transpired during a pandemic, I mean, there'll be many issues raised. One, you know that he broke the act. Two, did he take any action within like 48 hours of, of getting briefed from Congress itself? Does he have information that his constituents do not? And then he took action to benefit himself. That would be wrong in itself. So I'm not sure how far this will go, but what's really concerning to me is these are things that happened during the last election as well, and he lied to the public then. Is he going to continue to lie and try to cover up now? And if it's just, this is a big amount. What more out there has he not been being held accountable and not being honest about? That's a concern for me. And then then that goes into doubt. How well can he represent the district if he's bogged down in these ethics? But I, I say this, Mr. Leader, respectfully. Do you, do you really believe Tom Malinowski's walking out of a briefing and uh, going out in the hallway and calling his broker and saying, guess what I just found out? Go ahead and, and sell this stock and short that stock. Look, I, I'm not a prosecutor. I don't know that that's happening. But I do know he violated the Stock Act. I do know he spent his time trading during a pandemic instead of looking after his district. That enough for me tells me he shouldn't be reelected. Whether there's something more there, I'll let those people go look at that. I'll let the ethics look at that. I'll let them find out all about that. But I cannot believe as a member of Congress, and remember what he would say during that time, he was literally scolding those who capitalized on a once-in-a-century pandemic. He was one going after people while doing the exact same thing, but doing it for his own personal pocket to the detriment of his own district. Well, that to it, me is enough. And and Senator, just, just as as we, uh, I know we're we're running out of time, but but Senator, what's what's your expectation of of what national Republicans need to do for you to help you win re, win this election? Listen, my job is to go out, I mean, as many voters as I can, work hard, uh, be organized. We've got a great organization and structure already, already built, and we're we're hitting the ground running. This past Wednesday, we had an incredible turnout and incredible energy in this district, and. You know, we were going to make sure that we make a real difference on behalf of the people of New Jersey. Okay. Well, Senator Tom Kane, uh, candidate for Congress, uh, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, the U.S. House of Representatives, thank you for, thank you for joining me on the New Jersey Globe Power Hour. Thank, thank you, you for having me, and have a great weekend. Thank you, and stay safe, everybody. You too. When it comes to autism, finding the right words can be tough. Finding community in these challenging times doesn't have to be. Join us, even virtually, to move together towards a kinder world for the millions of people on the autism spectrum. Find out how at autismspeaks.org slash together. school, classic, punk, indie, 80s, 90s, whatever. If it's got passion and a backbeat, I want to hear it. And I want to know more about the artists who create it. That's why I read Rock and Roll Globe. Rockandrollglobe.com features the sharpest takes about what's good and what's um, not so good in music. They call it 
real writing about real music. It's not for woke 22-year-olds. It's just crisp, surprising insight into music of all kinds, interviews with performers, concise reviews of hot new records, a look back at that great album that changed everything. It's all on rockandrollglobe.com. Check out Rock and Roll Globe. That's rockandrollglobe.com. The pandemic of 2020 felt like a dark tunnel. And while 2020 is over, the impact is not. I'm New Jersey's former governor, Richard Cody. The pandemic affected our physical and mental health. My wife, Mary Jo, and I started the Cody Fund for Mental Health to Change Lives. Mental health issues can impact any family, including ours. That's why we want everyone to know about NJ211. NJ211 is an information and referral service connecting anyone in crisis to the help they need. It's for everyone, veterans, seniors, even children. I'm living proof there's light at the end of the tunnel. And it's not a train, it's help. It's NJ211. Remember, it's okay not to feel okay. If you need help, go to nj211.org or dial 211. It's the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Here's the Globe's Editor-in-Chief, David Wildstein. Welcome back. A three-term congressman from Bergen County, New Jersey, Josh Gottheimer, is the chairman of the House Problem Solvers Caucus. That helps to bring parties together to solve major issues facing the nation. Congressman, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Dan. It's great to be here. And I know you're in the room for some of these negotiations on President Biden's infrastructure proposal. Uh, you've, you've, you've been meeting with... Uh, with, with leadership on both sides. is What's going on with this bill? Is this bill going to pass? Ultimately, this bill is going to pass. I think it's going to be, um, uh, it's still going to be a, a, a few uh, twists and turns ahead. Um, but at the end of the day, you've got a strong bipartisan group in the House with the problem solvers and other members of Congress uh, on both sides of the aisle. Plus in the Senate, uh, the group that the problem solvers we work closely with called the G20 which is a group of 10 Democrats and Republican senators who are strongly behind it. And so, as you know, what the, the best way to get a bill done in the Senate, uh, not just uh, in the House, is to get enough to prevent a filibuster. And we have that right now. The key is some of these last details. I spoke to a few Republican senators yesterday, actually. And, you know, it's, it's, it's working out some of the pay-fors of how you pay for this um, uh, pieces that we're, we're still going back and forth on. But, I'm optimistic that that we're going to get it done. We'll get a deal, final deal done uh, in the coming days. And just for listeners that aren't aren't familiar with it, the, what is what is the Problem Solvers Caucus? Sure, the the caucus is a group of 29 Democrats and 29 Republicans in the House of Representatives. Uh, believe it or not, we come together every single week with one purpose when we meet. It's to figure out where we agree versus where we disagree uh, and how we can get to uh, a 75 percent consensus on something. That's the number we need for us all to stand together as a block of 58. We don't campaign against each other. Uh, we, we try to get to know each other and build relationships and each other's families and, and trust. And, and frankly, we've been involved in a lot of successes. But more importantly, I think if what the country wants us to be doing in Washington is actually governing and not screaming at one another, this deal on infrastructure, you know, which is 
been very important for, for the tri-state area uh, and, and for Jersey, right? Of course, this is roads, bridges, tunnels, public transit, water infrastructure, helping our airports, broad, broadband for the rural areas, uh, energy infrastructure. This package, this physical infrastructure package, wouldn't have happened but for the, us all in the House and the Senate, Democrats and Republicans working together, in essence, kind of around the leadership structure where, where there's not much cooperation and, and communication these days, unfortunately. I had uh, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy on earlier, and, and he was with uh, Senator Tom Kane, who's, who's running for Congress in a, in a different district than yours. And, and there was some encouragement on Gateway. Are you, are you sensing some give on the Republican side to allow the Gateway Project to move forward? That's great to hear. Uh, in fact, uh, Leader McCarthy was, was with, in just with the problem solvers a couple weeks ago, and it's one of the topics we covered. Um, yeah, I, I actually think, and we were Secretary Buttigieg, we were, we were on, the, on the rails, as you probably covered, I think you did a couple weeks ago, showing how bad, uh, bad shape this tunnel, 113-year-old tunnel is. And in the bipartisan package, there is a, uh, 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 group of dollars that are literally allocated for major projects in the country where um, uh, where the states match some money and the federal government matches some money. And Gateway is at the top of that list, because if we don't deal with this, as you know, and, and continue to just ignore the problem, um, ultimately these tunnels uh, are going to have to get shut down. So I think there's there's pretty strong bipartisan recognition now that Gateway has to get done. And, and I should also point it out. You're, I mean, this problem solvers caucus. This isn't just this isn't just a group of twenty nine moderate Democrats and twenty nine moderate Republicans. You got liberals and conservatives in this group too, right? Yeah, it's really um, anybody who is actually committed to get something done and and is willing to accept eighty percent of a loaf and not just insist on a hundred percent or nothing. You know, it's it's impossible. To get anything done if it's if it's only my way or the highway, um, and you know you have to be willing to to build those relationships and invest the time, uh, which is as you know is is not something unfortunately these days people want to put in to to build relationships across the aisle. I think it's the only way to govern is to say country ahead of everything else, and and of course focusing on what's best for your district. And the and these relationships uh, that you know that uh, I've had the opportunity to build have really been paid off for my district, right? For for the people that I am fighting for. So, uh, I, you know, you wish every we wish we didn't need to have a problem solvers caucus. It should just be called Congress, frankly. But uh, in the meantime, we are where we are, as you know. And and I mean, salt the 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 restoration of of the state and local. Uh, tax deductions. I mean, you are you are on this issue as aggressively as, as anything I've, anybody I've ever seen. I mean, is 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 there? I brought up salt, you know, a little while ago with uh, with with the House Minority Leader. Uh, uh, he's on with Tom Kane. Tom Kane clearly wants this salt uh, uh, deduction restored, and 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 I didn't get a no from Speaker McCarthy. Is is this? Is this something that there's really an appetite for in Congress when it comes down, if, when it comes to a vote? Well, that's good news that you didn't get a no. I like to hear that. Um, uh, you know, I, I, this is for me an existential threat for New Jersey, right? That, you know, we know that in 2017 in the, in the, what I call the tax hike bill, because for Jersey, it, it made, didn't tax didn't come down for the average, uh, 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 resident. They went up in my district. 
And because it capped the deduction that people could take um, on their federal taxes for what they pay on their property tax and their state taxes at $10,000, which, you know, the median property tax in Bergen County, uh, New Jersey, one of the large counties I represent is $15,000, right? So if you're a cop, a teacher, a firefighter, right, uh, a couple, a couple that taxes in often case are nearing $200,000, I'm sorry, whose income is nearly $200,000 and your, and your home is over $15,000, you know, your taxes went up as a result of that bill. So what we're trying to do is fully reinstate the deduction the way it used to be so that you don't get taxed twice. Right? This, this deduction has been around since the early 1900s, a version of those around back in the Civil War, because people recognize you shouldn't get, it's just not right to get taxed twice in the same income. But this was devastating for Jersey. It sent a, it sent a lot of people out of the state, you know, uh, to Florida or the Carolinas or Texas, and then a lot of jobs. So it, this thing, is, to me, is, is critical and overall, frankly, David, the entire package that we're looking at of any kind of changes to the tax code, we have to study very closely. What I've said, if, if any changes are made to the tax code that affects families, if we don't reinstate SALT, I'm out. And, uh, you know, and, uh, or more clearly, I, I had buttons printed that said, no SALT, no DICE, because to me, this is everything for us. I, I understand. And, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I listen to you talk about places like Florida and Texas and and South Carolina and getting New Jersey's money. Is there, is there any special name that you could think of that you might use to, to refer to them? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, in, a, in a friendly way, we, we call some of these places moocher states um, because they take far more than they, they uh, send to the federal government, uh, and we're just the opposite. Uh, you know, Jersey gets about 67 cents back on the dollar that we send to the federal government Mississippi and Alabama get four dollars and thirty-eight cents back, and four dollars and thirty-two cents respectively. Uh, you know, it's, it's the bottom line is the the idea that we, on top of of how we help subsidize all these other states, um, now think that we should pay even more without getting this deduction is outrageous. You know, in Mississippi, just to give you a, a comparative, so if, we, if if the median property tax in Burton County is fifteen thousand dollars. In Mississippi, it's $550 for the year. Um, so you get a sense of why uh, what they, these, these limits really matter uh, and why every state is in a different place. It's just a more expensive place to live in New Jersey, as we all know. And we want to keep people here, not just, you know, not just when their kids are in school and our great schools and our safe communities, but also after they, they, reti- they retire, right? We don't want them leaving the state. We want them to be able to be, afford to be able to be near their families. So... This, to me, is critically important that we get SALT reinstated. And we've got a, a big reconciliation package, what we call our basically a, a budget package coming up that you'll hear a lot about in, in the news. And this is a key issue in that package and, and with what happens there. And so and a lot of debate is going to occur in the next week, not just over an infrastructure package, which I think we should get to a vote as quickly as possible, given the fact that we've got this great bipartisan support in both the House and the Senate. Let's get it done. Let's have a standalone vote. Let's just vote on that as quickly as possible. I'd love to do it in the next couple of weeks and and then deal with any other budget um, budget uh, fights that would hopefully uh, in, include salt. And, and I want to ask you, I'm speaking with Congressman Josh Godheimer of New Jersey, and I want to ask you about something happening right in your in your home county, Bergen, uh, a group called the Oath Keepers. They, they're running candidates for the state assembly on a major party ticket uh, in to represent towns that are in your congressional district how does how does a political party come to nominate someone who's 
organization is on a terrorist watch list? Uh, I've been scratching my head about that for years, as you and I have talked about, because uh, you know, we've uh, the, the the first person I ran against uh, had uh, deep affiliations with with supporters in the Oath Keepers. This was years ago, and it's a group that uh, there's a reason why it's on the New Jersey terrorist watch list. And now, and now, of course, since January sixth, when we saw a lot of Oath Keepers involved in the insurrection, um, it's it's made some of the national watch lists, and and as, lo- as well as other groups like Proud Boys and Three Percenters which we also unfortunately have of many in my district involved in those organizations. Um, and these are, these are domestic terror groups. And I don't care if it's uh, an ISIS-inspired lone wolf terror group, white supremacists, uh, anyone who's seeking to, to uh, take out law enforcement, um, as some of these groups are committed to, um, as well as uh, you know, committed to overthrowing the United States, um, we should be on all fronts standing up, Democrat or Republican, to anybody involved in these groups. And uh, you know, I, I don't understand how anyone, no less a, a major political party, uh, could do anything but say uh, you know, these groups should be immediately disbanded. It's they're un-American. It's not. This is not. This is not what our country is about. So uh, I don't get it. You know, and, and uh, in fact, the gentleman I ran against uh, last Congress um, in the last campaign had very deep ties, uh, as in fact you pointed out on your, you know, in, in your your reporting, had very deep ties to the Oath Keepers as well. I, I just I don't understand it, and it should be unacceptable. And he's he's trying to get the nomination running against you next time, which uh, which which explains one of the reasons that you 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 know you've become a human fundraising machine. You got you got a lot of money because you know. Among among many reasons, uh, you may be running against one of these guys and defending you know, defending your district. Yeah, I mean, and and listen, I, I you face people. Uh, you know, I'm committed to working with both sides and getting things done, and just sort of con- trying to find common sense solutions. And 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 on my side, it's not always popular these days to work with both sides and. Uh, and be willing to say, I'm, I'm good with 80%. Let's move the, let's move forward. Let's, uh, and, you know, and so I get that. And I also am getting attacked by, uh, the other side by on the, on the right for, on the more extreme right for, for, from some of these groups because I've been standing up to them and saying whether this is anti-Semitism or, uh, uh, or, or, or uh, white supremacy. Any of this is totally unacceptable. And, and I think we need to, we should all be holding the line on that, but I, it doesn't come without a political price. Uh, unfortunately, these days, you know, working in a bipartisan manner is not exactly as popular as you'd hope it would be. I, I understand, and, and, and I, I, w- I wish you the best of luck as you continue to do, you know, all all the basic things. And you know, and next time we'll talk more about clawbacks, and I, I think you're, you'll be due for your annual clawback report soon. So I'll be watching for that. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, David. Congressman jo- Congressman Josh Gottheimer of New Jersey, co-chairman of the House. Problem Solvers Caucus. Thank you for thank you for joining me, and and I, I hope we'll talk again Thanks soon. For having me. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. Thank you, Congressman. This is David Wildson. I'm the editor of the New Jersey Globe. You are listening to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour, Talk Radio 77 WABC, and we will be back with more about New Jersey politics in a few minutes. I always value books and films and good TV, but now during a pandemic. I appreciate them, I need them, more than ever. That's why I read Book and Film Globe. 
Bookandfilmglobe.com is the smartest, sharpest commentary about what's good and what's um, not good in the worlds of books, movies, and quality TV. This isn't celebrity gossip, and it's not for woke 22-year-olds. It's just smart, clear writing about the best new things to watch and read. Interviews with directors, concise reviews of hot new books, actors describing classic scenes. It's all on bookandfilmglobe.com. And there are three Rotten Tomatoes certified reviewers, so you know you're getting good advice. Check out Book and Film Globe. That's bookandfilmglobe.com. This is the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Here's the Globe's Editor-in-Chief, David Wildstein. Welcome back, everybody. There is no place in New Jersey where political stories are, are, are more legendary, more entertaining than in Hudson County. It's a place where political machines have dominated for more than 100 years, and, and, and frankly, there's, there's just no place like it. Uh, the late Governor Brendan Byrne was a, was a genuinely funny man, and, and he told some great tales about Hudson. Uh, at one time or another, everyone in Jersey politics heard Governor Byrne say that when he died, he wanted to be buried in Hudson County so that he could remain active in politics. It, it was sort of a hat tip to that urban legend that party bosses would walk around the cemetery on Election Day and pick up names off tombstones to make sure uh, that somebody voted on their behalf. Uh, the late Governor Dick Hughes frequently told the story of a longtime Hudson County political hack. His name is Barney Doyle, and he was appointed to a job called a Hudson County Superintendent of Weights and Measures. It was a political patronage job. The judge, the job still exists now. I mean, next time you're at a deli counter or at a supermarket, you'll you'll see their inspection stick and sticker there, and 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 they're the ones that keep retailers honest about how much something weighs when they're when they're charging you by the pound. Anyway, when Barney Doyle was sworn in as the superintendent of weights and measures, uh, a reporter asked him how many ounces there were in a pound, and and Barney's response was classic. He said to the reporter, give me a break, I just got this job. And and if you've ever seen a a license plate in New Jersey with a a single digit, like ABC1, these are called courtesy plates and the department of motor vehicles will only issue them if they get a letter from a state senator only a state senator before they'll give you that that special number and and courtesy plates whether you know and they preceded vanity plates they came with a not so subtle message to law enforcement who who might be thinking about pulling a car over that the owner of that vehicle had enough political juice to get a senator to sign off on giving you that license plate. I mean, today with dash cams and body cams and a growing separation between law enforcement and politics, there's there's less special treatment given than what there used to be. And and make no mistake, these special courtesy plates still exist. And and, and another classic Hudson story is about a small-time political leader. He had been convicted of corruption, but he hadn't been sentenced to prison yet. And he was approached by by a guy who says, hey, can you get me one of those courtesy license plates? And the the politician responded, you know, if you could wait a couple months, I'll make you one myself. 
Uh, there's a lot of great Hudson stories. I, I remember back in 1974, there was a there was a horse called Hudson County, and it finished second in the Hudson Derby. And, and according to Brendan Byrne, if a horse called Hudson County finished second in a race, it was because the horse was supposed to be finishing second in a race. This is this is one of the reasons I love Hudson, and, and hopefully we'll continue to talk about Hudson more and more uh, on the New Jersey Globe Power Hour. Uh, New Jersey's experience watching New York City's recent ranked choice voting elections uh, now shows that you shouldn't expect this movement to travel across the Hudson River. Uh, The New Jersey Globe asked Governor Phil Murphy on Monday if he was open to that policy. He said it wasn't a priority for him. Uh, and And he said... He said that he doesn't come into ranked choice voting with any great passion. He said that he doesn't look at it as fixing a big injustice in our in our voting reality. Uh, he, he essentially said, you know, this is this is not New Jersey's plans, and 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 uh, and that this experience didn't exactly light a fire in in the heart of Governor Phil Murphy to cause him to, to want to do this. He uh, he was asked, you know, has, has the New York experience changed? His mind, and and he said, you know, honestly, that it hasn't. He said uh, uh, that there's no, uh, there's no, there's no reason for moving moving toward that direction. So I, I think that's 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 something that's just not going to happen uh, in New Jersey. Uh, this is David Wildstein. I, I thank you for listening to this show. If you tuned in late and you missed the interview with House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, no worries. It's your convenience. Listen to WABCRadio.com, the New Jersey Globe website, or you can catch this on Spotify and Apple and Google Podcasts. This is David Wildstein, editor of the New Jersey Globe, and you've been listening to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC.